Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Haley Sainer. Haley is from Mineola, Texas, but has lived in Birmingham for a little over four years. She earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts from Baylor University and a Master of Divinity from Truett Theological Seminary. During her time at Truett, Haley served as a chaplain in one of Baylor's residence halls. This is where she began to see her specific calling take shape and what led her to hospital chaplaincy. She now serves as a part-time chaplain at the University of Alabama Hospital. She feels honored to walk alongside others in this role. Haley enjoys spending time outdoors, growing things, creating art, and cooking with her husband, Zach. Haley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. We're delighted that you're here today. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Haley, why did you decide to become a chaplain? When I was at Truett, I was a chaplain in one of the residence halls. Some students are pastors of churches or, you know, are already in ministry roles, but this was a, a different type of opportunity where Truett students could be chaplains in living in the residence hall with the Baylor students who are just right across the street. Truett's on Baylor's campus, and so it was an amazing opportunity and to be able to kind of get a glimpse of what chaplaincy is like in general, and I loved that job, and I mean, I probably would have you know, continue doing that, but it's, it's only open for Truett students. That is where I kind of got a taste of and started to see what chaplaincy is like. And then when we moved to Birmingham, I did a program at UAB Hospital called Clinical Pastoral Education, CPE, and it, it's training. It's the first step toward becoming, vocationally, becoming a chaplain, or other ministers do that as part of their training as well. And actually starting it, I didn't necessarily think I wanted to be a hospital chaplain. It was something I kind of just thought, you know, I, I enjoyed chaplaincy at Baylor, and I know I want to be a minister in some capacity. After that year of the residency, that really kind of affirmed and confirmed my calling for chaplaincy specifically. And I saw, I don't know, just just the ways that that, that did fit for me and being a chaplain at Baylor and then through my residency at here at UAB, that really led me to want to uh, pursue chaplaincy. Full-time. I love that Baylor did chaplains in their residence hall. I've never heard of a university doing that. I don't know of any other university that does it. A lot of times there is a campus minister and there's yes. like different um, programs on campus, but to have someone actually living in the residence hall and we are part of the team with um, at, at Baylor, they're called CLs, community leaders, instead of RAs, like they are at most colleges. Yeah. And then, you know, the hall director and the chaplains, the third element of that team. And so it was I great. I love that because you are a peer of theirs. And it's more, much more likely that they're going to come talk to you as a peer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we're living with them. We did events where we would welcome them into our apartment, things like that, so that they would feel more them. comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. What is one of the most memorable experiences you had as a chaplain at Baylor in one of the residence halls? Hmm. What I really loved about chaplaincy at Baylor was, or living in the dorm, was the long-term relationships. And so I think just remembering some of those students that I had that I met with on a regular basis and still keep in contact with now or... Those kind of like long-term relationships and um, and also some, I mean, it was just fun, you know, just yeah. getting to 
hang out with the students and the CLs and just doing different things and just being a part of campus and but yeah I think those kind of those long long-term relationships were were kind of my favorite thing about that role. I, I love so, that yeah how did you prepare to come become a chaplain you've talked about the CPEs mm-hmm. yeah. the clinical pastoral education mm-hmm. how has that gone for you yeah so yeah so I have like we've already said you know I went to Truett Seminary I have my Master of Divinity and then did CPE and actually even the um, chaplaincy at Baylor in some ways is modeled after CPE. My training there w- mirrored my training here at UAB in some way. So you were a step ahead yeah, when you I came mean, here. Yeah, like there are certain elements of what we do in, in kind of our kind of like coursework yes. that was similar to what we did at Baylor. So that was very helpful for me to kind of already know what I was walking into a little bit. It was still very different in a hospital, but but still, you know, similar elements. So that really started to prepare me. And actually, when I started chaplaincy at Baylor, I took a class called Spiritual Guidance and Soul Care, I think, or Spiritual Direction and Soul Care. And the things we learned in that class were exactly what I was learning in chaplaincy. So it was perfect timing for me to take that class and learn these skills that I would be using with my students and then now use to this day with my patients at the hospital. So what does a day look like for you? Yeah, we have a list and patients are asked a series of questions when they're admitted to the hospital. And so if they answers certain questions a certain way, then they will pop up on our list. And, and then also other, other people might make referrals, a nurse might make a referral and say, we think you know this patient could use a visit or they requested a visit. And we kind of just start with that list and we start visiting patients from there. And every visit looks different. I mean, I tend to, in many ways, let the patient guide the visit. You know, different people need different things, different people want different things. And so, yes. For, for one patient, I might walk in, and for some people, just the title chaplain just gives them this, they just feel so open to be able to share what is on their mind and heart. And so for some people, they just get right into it right when I walk in. For other people, you know, it, it's just different. So it kind of just depends. I let them kind of guide me to know what they need, what they want, and then I use, you know, my skills and interventions that I've been trained with to guide that in, interaction as well. And then sometimes I'm holding the pager, and so I'll get paged to more kind of emergent situations. And then sometimes I work in the ER, and then that's like a totally different uh, <laughs> situation. I that's, can imagine. That's a lot of um, actually checking in with family. Yes. Before COVID, escorting them back to visit the patient. Now, you know, visitation's more limited. Now it's a lot of just updating the family on what's going on. Because people can be in the ER for a long time. I can imagine you know? that is a so, critical. Yes. That is a critical role. Haley, how do you feel chaplaincy fits within the overall medical community? Yeah. So, what I appreciate about UAB is their um, view of holistic care. We have, of course, physicians and nurses and other members of the medical team, but then therapists and music therapists and all kinds of different people coming together and social workers, all attending to all these different needs. And and I so I really appreciate that we take a look at the whole person, all of their needs, and the chaplain, you know, is just one of those elements. And then also, I mean, technically I am their chaplain as well. So sometimes, more often, I'm the chaplain for the patients, but sometimes the fellow employees 
need us as well, and so we um, we reach out to them when when they need that too. Excellent. What brings you the greatest fulfillment as a chaplain, Haley? One of the biggest things is when I just really feel like I have a a really deep connection with someone and sometimes some you know something really profound happened in the visit and sometimes it's very light and we just had you know just like a friendly conversation but that's sometimes that's just what people need and um so I really enjoy walking out of a room and thinking you know wow we I don't know what it was but we just really connected and and just felt really comfortable with one another and and then also when I can really see the impact of a visit from the beginning of the visit to me leaving, I can see a transformation and just something open up or something click for that patient um, or, or family member. That's really fulfilling. Haley, can you share some stories that have really touched you personally? Sure. Yeah, so I actually um, just recently received a card from a family. It was a really tragic situation and very, very sad. It was about a year ago, um, and I've thought about them and prayed for them often over the past year. And I um, came to my desk a few weeks ago and saw a card, and I, and I knew immediately who it was from the name on the return address. And, and they just were saying that they appreciated my visit and the way that I cared for them and prayed for them. And um, it was just very touching to, to receive that and to to think that even after a year, that was something that, that they, they did appreciate and that, that, that did stand out to them. And it, it definitely, that interaction stood out to me. So it was very touching to receive that card. And then I also have had a woman one time fairly recently who requested to speak with a chaplain and she wanted to discuss some things. She was thinking about her death. I don't know how close that is for her, but still something um, that, that she was thinking about, and and she is battling an illness, and she just wanted to discuss some things that, that were on her mind and thinking about dying and what that would look like for her family, and we just went so so deep so quickly, and I think sometimes that's what I'm amazed at is the depth that you can go in such a short amount of time, and so that interaction was really amazing and beautiful, and I just appreciated um, that she felt safe and open to be able to share all that and discuss all of that with me. Well, when you're dealing with people at these critical junctures in their lives, it is an opportunity to go deep quickly mm-hmm. and really make a difference in their lives. What has been a big surprise for you? Yeah, that actually is one of the most surprising things for me is So I mentioned how I loved the long-term relationships, my time as a chaplain at Baylor in the residence hall, and that's what I thought I wouldn't get as a hospital chaplain. Uh That visit was maybe 30 or 45 minutes, and that is actually a a long visit. And just see the depth that you can go in such a short amount of time, sometimes even five or 10 minutes. I'll walk out of the room and think, was I only in there for 10 minutes because of how deep you could go? And um, so the, the, just the depth of the relationships. And then also, I do have opportunity for the long-term relationships, too. And with staff, some patients do come back for treatments on a regular basis. And so I'm able to visit patients multiple times. And so I think that, that it presented an opportunity for relationship building that I wasn't really expecting. Well, what have you learned about people who are in crisis and and what they may need? I think 
The biggest thing that, that people need is just the space to be themselves and express themselves the way that, that they need to um, because we're all different. And also, one thing that we learn in our training is, is how to kind of use my own assumptions and, and values and when I'm going into a visit, and it can be very beneficial and helpful for me, but then sometimes they can also maybe cloud my judgment. If someone's grieving in a way that's differently than the way that I grieve, previously I might have thought like, oh, something needs to change here, but now I can recognize and say, no, this person grieves differently that's than I do. And yeah, and, yeah, and I don't need to do anything to try to change that. I just, you know, want to support them and, and create a space where they do feel comfortable to express themselves in that way. And so, yeah, I think just providing a space for people to be able to just be who they are, express themselves in the way that, that they need to, because that's not something that's for me to tell people how to do or what to do. And another thing I think about crisis is um, it's been interesting because a lot of times we think of deaths or getting a diagnosis or something that is that is very scary or very terrible. Um, a lot of times I'll go in, there is a crisis and it is that the hospital somehow when I got from went from this room to this room, my phone charger is lost and that is my crisis right now. So it's not also not for me to judge what is a crisis, you know, and so it's like I walk in the room and something that might seem trivial, but I mean, that was like their only sense of control in that moment. That's their only sense of being able to connect with the outside world is my phone. And so, I mean, if you really think about it, yeah, that, is, that really does, you know, like stink for that person in that moment. Um, but yeah, so for me to, to be open to whatever crisis, just kind of guide and support them. And that changes, I think, kind of with with each person. My husband is a hospice chaplain, and he has been a hospital chaplain as well. Colleagues would say Frank could just walk in a room and everything automatically calms down. So there is a measure of calm and peace that you bring as a part of your ministry that I, I think does help with every crisis, no matter what the crisis is. What have you learned about yourself as a chaplain? So one of the biggest things has been to learn to trust myself. I'm very indecisive and in many ways I do kind of look for like outside external authority and I'm a rule follower so I want to know that this is what the rule is and this is what I'm supposed to do and my um, you know supervisor would be okay with me doing this thing. <laughs> but he really went in my CPE experience showed me, Haley, like you you know what to do. You have the tools you need, you know, and so to really learning to trust myself. And so I guess something I've learned is to get that confidence and see that I do have what I need already and I don't have to constantly be looking to other people to kind of make sure what I'm doing is right. Yeah, so and, and that's a continual process for me. I think that's always kind of a tendency of mine to maybe second guess myself, to just can, kind of continue on that journey of learning to to trust myself and trust that God, you know, is with me and that, um, that I do have what I need and, and to move forward with that. So let me follow that up with what have you learned about God through this ministry? So I think just visiting with so many different people. I think one of the things I'm always 
kind of amazed at is God as creator and the ways that we are each created so uniquely and that we all have different needs and wants and desires and gifts and um, and I just see that every single day and that's just a beautiful thing you know to be able to to get to see on on kind of a different level how God works differently in each person's life that's just yeah just amazing to see the the just the, all the different ways that God works through other people and the way that God speaks to different people differently and and that's something I try to um you know, kind of remind my patients is that we are created uniquely and, and God does speak to us differently. And so um, just to be open to that, that, um, you know, taking a walk through nature might be, you know, more beneficial for you than, than for another person and something else might be more beneficial for that person. And so to just be open to kind of those different ways that God speaks to us, I think it's just so clear and something that I kind of have to hold on to in my work is just knowing and seeing and trusting that God is with us in our suffering because so often this work and and for our patients, the situations they're in, you know, this question of why and how can this be happening? And sometimes the answer for me is that I just have to go to the fact that God is with us and comforting us and sustaining us and strengthening us through all of these things. And you see that day in and day out. Mm -hmm. What does that do to you and how do you take care of yourself? Yeah, so one thing that's really important for me is just verbally processing with my coworkers and I mean with family and friends as well, but, but especially with my coworkers because they understand, you know, on a different level and to be able to do that. And then also with my supervisor, when I was in CPE, we had one-on-one visits with with him and so sometimes I I show up at his office I need to have a visit and process and talk through this and and then just I guess just self-care in general just the things that I enjoy doing and and making sure that I'm continuing to do those things and attend to um, all of my needs spiritual emotional physical needs in all the different ways one of the things that's been really helpful for me is I have a spiritual director and I meet with her on a monthly basis and I'm able to process some of those same things and just kind of my spiritual journey in general. And yeah, so just making sure I, I, like I was mentioned the hospital, you know, having holistic care, making sure I'm attending to all of that for myself too. That's a great word for those of you who are listening who might be a part of a helping profession, a social worker, a teacher is the importance of taking care of yourself. If you are a verbal processor, you know, talking with others about things that you're experiencing. So that's a good word, Haley. All right, Haley, what Bible verses guide your life? Yeah, so there there are a few that stuck with me, and I also have a background in art. I think one thing that I really appreciate is the imagery of creation and, and of, of being created uniquely like Psalm 139 and then Isaiah 64 talks about the potter and the clay. And for me, that's just very helpful to really be able to understand that imagery and and just think about those things and remembering that we're all created uniquely is is just very special to me and to think about and and to to encourage other people as well. And um, also 
Matthew 25, um, 35 through 40, and I'll read that one. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And then the, the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these who are a member of my family, you did it for me. And so I think that's just something I always want to remember and hold on to is that as far as kind of being a caregiver and just caring for other people and in my work, but in my life in general, to always remember that and to remember to, to just care for other people. So... Good. How can we pray for you? So I find myself probably every time, if not almost every time, when I pray with with patients and family members that I'm praying for strength and peace for them. And so I, I realize that that's probably reflecting something that I want for myself and, you know, that I think I need as well. And so, yeah, I think just kind of strength and endurance moving forward with our work and especially right now with with COVID and things seem to just kind of change more often right now as far as what units we can visit and can't visit and in in those units we would call patients instead and instead of doing in-person visits or you know visitation policies for family members kind of change and so just trying to um to have endurance, strength, and peace as, as we're working through all of that. And just for guidance and wisdom, I think, as we're caring for people and to to be able to assess what our, our care recipients really do need and the, the ways, the best ways that we can attend to those needs. Okay. Can I pray for you right now? Absolutely. Thank you. Father, I, I'm thankful for Haley. I'm thankful for the heart of compassion that you've placed in her that beats in sync with yours. Father, I'm grateful for her ministry of presence. I know that she is a blessing to her patients. Father, I do pray for the things that she's mentioned, for strength and peace and endurance, for guidance, for wisdom in the midst of all the chaos that swirls around her on a daily basis. Most of all, Father, I'm praying that you will remind her how much she is loved and adored by you and that she will be reminded daily that she is your child, that you love her. In your name we pray, amen. Well, Haley, thank you for being with us today and help us understand the critical ministry of chaplains. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Glad to have you. And thank you for listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversations.